Welcome to Weddings Unveiled, a podcast for your wedding planning process. I'm your host, Leah Longbreak. We know how exciting and stressful playing the big day can be, and we're here to help, providing you with information and advice from industry insiders and those with firsthand experience. On today's episode, we have Megan Gillikin, owner and industry consultant at A Southern Soiree. She's also the host of Weddings for Real podcast. We'll be sharing with you the five things your wedding vendors wish you knew. Megan, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Yay, I'm so excited for this conversation. So before we get started talking about the five things that your wedding vendors wish you knew, because I'm dying to find out what the top five are, tell us a little bit about yourself, your company, and your podcast. Perfect. So I have been in the event industry for about 15 years, specifically the wedding side of things for about 11. The interesting story here, I'll keep it the short version, is I graduated from college, worked for Marriott Hotels for a few years, planning events for them. And then back in 2010, I went on what I thought was a job interview and came out with an opportunity to take over ownership of an existing planning business here in North Carolina, where I'm based. And the rest is an interesting, bumpy, twisty, turny history of running a wedding planning business and helping couples plan a really amazing celebration for their friends and family. I also have a podcast for wedding pros that I launched back in 2018 called Weddings for Real. And that's a really fun way to connect with industry pros across the United States and beyond and talk about the industry, the behind the scenes version of it. But yes, I love, of course, all things weddings and I'm really pumped to talk with you today. That's awesome. So let's get started. What is the first tip that wedding vendors want couples to know? Ooh, this was really hard to narrow down, by the way. It took me a while. I started with this list and I kept whittling it down. So the first thing that I would share with those of you listening that are planning a wedding as a couple is that, spoiler alert, something is going to go wrong on your wedding day. As much as you plan for everything to be perfect and you plan out all the different scenarios, bringing together a large group of people and hiring a vendor team and just planning an event that is likely something that you have never planned in this size and scale before, something's going to go wrong. But my advice here is that when you are hiring professional vendors, so instead of having friends and family help plan your day, professional vendors are equipped to handle this. They know how to think quickly. They know how to have a plan B, C, D, E, F, and G, as uh, many of us had to encounter in 2020 with the pandemic. But having a professional vendor team is going to help mitigate any sort of surprise that comes up when you're planning your wedding. So that's why it's important to really consider hiring a professional as opposed to, hey, I know my cousin takes really good photos. She's not a pro, but like, let me just take a chance on her or him. Yeah, this is so hard because I have been a bride. I was there and I did not have an extravagant over-the-top event. And I am actually a really good case study for what goes wrong when you do have friends and family in roles that should be filled by professionals. So I had a cousin do cover videography for my wedding back in 2010. It was something that was not as prevalent as it is now, but I had someone there to capture 
the ceremony and the vows and the reception and the things that went wrong were that my cousin forgot to lock the camera on the ceremony while our vows were happening. So most of my ceremony footage is of the ceiling of the church where um, we got married. Yeah, I know. And then during the reception, I mean, the footage of it is real shaky, real off. At one point, he actually bonked me in the head with the camera by accident. There was no editing of the actual wedding day. So our wedding video, instead of being like this beautifully curated footage that my kids could watch now is like four to five hours of just like choppy all over the place coverage. And though I'm happy, I'm happy that we have it. It is a really great point as to you never know what you're going to get when you are working with friends and family. And I think it can, you know, there's so many things that can go wrong that I have seen over the years in my career from them not showing up to relationships ruined because the deliverables were not what the couple expected to just so many things. So I understand. I absolutely understand that weddings are a huge cost. And sometimes there are some prizes, surprises that come up during the process. But when you are making such an investment in this one day, this one celebration that you don't get to go back and do over, I highly recommend that you don't shortcut and really consider hiring professional vendors that you can count on to do their job well. Yeah, you bring up such a great point as far as the personal relationship aspect of if, like, your situation with the video, it could destroy the relationship in the long run. Yeah, it really can. And it's like, okay, you saved several hundred dollars or you saved a couple thousand dollars, but now you're no longer speaking to your best friend or your uncle or, you know, Christmas dinners got awkward real fast (laughs) because your brother was the DJ and then the equipment went down and the power went out. I actually had that happen at a wedding that I did where the brother was the DJ. And while he was going through the buffet line to get his food, because he was also a guest at the wedding, the power did go out. And it was just this super awkward moment of like no music, no lights. And it was because his equipment was not a good fit for where the space was being held and it kept blowing the power throughout the night. But that was an area where the bride thought, well, my brother does this kind of on the side. He DJs at clubs now and then, and this is a way that we could save a thousand dollars. And in the long run, I don't think that those cost savings will, will be worth it. So that's tip number one is things will go wrong. Like something will go wrong. But if you have a professional vendor team, you're often not even going to know that something went wrong because they know how to handle it behind the scenes and make sure everything continues to run smoothly. Yes. What is tip number two? Okay, tip number two. Now, I could not do this podcast without bringing this up as a wedding planner. A wedding planner is a line item that I think a lot of couples view as a luxury item. So they think, I don't really need a wedding planner. I like to plan things. And I don't, that's one of those areas that you do not technically have to have a planner to have a wedding. But this will take me back, tying back into tip number one is, I don't believe that a wedding planner is a luxury line item. If you are having an event and you most likely have not planned an event for 150 people, closest friends and family, where you are the star of the show, 
if you don't have someone in that role that is the point person for guest questions and vendor questions and setup and logistics flow, that either is going to be you on your own wedding day or it's going to fall on what I see most often is like a, I see a, a mom that has to step into that role and is having to work on her own child's wedding day. So whether it's a mother of the bride or mother of the groom. And I think this is really sad because it's something that goes by so fast. It's such a blur. And if that person is having to direct like where chairs should be put and reminding the DJ what the first dance song is or helping transition from ceremony, like flipping the space from ceremony to reception or having a rain plan in place that has to be executed if a surprise rain shower comes through. Like these are all the things that I don't think should be put on friends and family. And if you don't have a planner, oftentimes it definitely goes that route or it falls on one of your other vendors. So let's most often this is your photographer or your DJ that has to step into the role of the planner if you don't have one in place. And you know what that means? If your photographer is having to step into the role of like corralling guests and moving things around and making sure that the space is set up, that means they're not capturing the photos that you desperately will want after the fact for the wedding day. I mean, if you think about it, the photography and the videography are the only things that after this day is over and you're married one year, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, these are the only like mementos and things that you'll be able to look back on. So having a planner not only allows your friends and family to relax, soak in all the moments, but it also allows your vendors that you have paid a lot of money for to do their job the way that they're supposed to be doing it. I can personally attest this. I'm so glad that this is one of your tips because I did consider it a luxury item. I totally mm-hmm. agree with that statement. And my husband and I were obviously watching our budget. It was We were trying to keep it pretty tight. And I thought I had a good grasp on it because I'm a wedding freak, as I call myself. I love reading mm-hmm. all the magazines and all the, the books. And, you know, I had my Mindy Weiss and my Martha Stewart and my, you know, every, all the books you can think of. And I've been in a ton of weddings and gone to a ton of weddings. Like I, I just thought I had it all under control anyways and kind of looked at it as another production <laughs> that I'm producing. Right. We were well past halfway into the planning process. I mean, we basically had all of our vendors booked and I had a breakdown. I was just like, I don't know how to coordinate all the vendors together so they're on the same page. I don't know, like, are we making sure all the contract stuff is right? Like, I had a meltdown said I cannot produce my own wedding. And I did not want to have to put it on. Like you said, I did not want to put it on my matron of honor. I didn't want to put it on my mom. I wanted everyone to be able to be in the moment. And my, my now husband, he's like, all right. We'll we'll find room in the budget. <laughs> like, Aww. do you got to do? So we ended yeah. up going with a great company here in Cleveland, Ohio, Oak and Honey Events. And they did the month out and day of. And they were fantastic. Mm-hmm. And my husband still says this day, and I've said this on the show before, it was the best money spent for the wedding. Yes. Gosh, I love to hear that. I love that you figured that out 
prior to, I was worried when you started telling that story. I was like, oh gosh, I hope this is not one of those that like you say on the wedding day, you were having to work or your mom was having to do all the things. And that's the thing. It's like, gosh, I wish that there was a way to reach couples because I totally understand. I know I know what the process looks like. You get engaged and you perhaps have been like dreaming or thinking about this day for so long and you start thinking about what's most important. And I don't think it's natural for you to think, especially if you're organized, like you mentioned, you are, you're organized and you're familiar with being a bridesmaid in a wedding. You don't naturally think like, I need to hire a planner. Most couples start out trying to do it on their own and then they either barrel through and it's a really rough experience on the wedding day or they have that moment, that sort of like aha epiphany moment of like, oh gosh, like this is a lot. Like there are people that do this for a living and I can outsource this to a professional and know that they're going to have it handled. And, and what you mentioned of that month of event management package, that is something that I think more so after 2020, couples will start to see the advantage of that, I hope, because I feel for all the couples that went through postponements and cancellations of their weddings last year and had to coordinate with 10 to 15 different vendors and review updated contracts and make sure that everyone had the date available. And it's a lot. So I often equate it to the idea of if you were building a house, you would have a general contractor that would be your point person that you would go to and you would ask questions and they would be a resource for you and an expert on all of like the flooring and the framework and the fixtures and all of the things that go into building a house. It's just like that for a wedding. Like your wedding planner steps into the role of the general contractor and they're going to say like, hey, you know what? You told me that spending too much on florals is not a top priority for you. So here are some really smart ways to have a beautiful event, but not blow the budget. And many, many times a wedding planner is going to save you more than what their actual cost is and just helping you make smart, educated decisions in the process. And kind of going with your point number one, with things will go wrong, but a pro will help keep those fires at bay. Our planner, I, I know there's things that had to have happened that we don't know about, which is fine. Better that I don't know. But one thing that I did come across that had happened was I went up to ask the one planner a question and they were essentially trying to perform CPR on our cake topper because <laughs> it was broken. Oh, no. So they were like gorilla gluing it. And here the artist spelled my husband's name wrong. They didn't add the K at the end of Patrick. It was Patrick with a C, but that was like oh, whatever at this point. Cake toppers can break. And like they were gorilla gluing it and trying to hide it from me. And I just happened to see it. But at the end of the day, it's like, it ended up fine. Like they had all the tools necessary to save it. So. Oh my gosh. What a story. Yeah. I've thought about that. I mean, I've been doing weddings now for 11 years. So I probably have been a planner at two to 300 weddings. I know as a team, my team has done about 500 weddings over the last 11 years. And I often find myself 
in this crazy chaotic moment, whether it is like gluing the bridesmaid's heel back onto her shoe that broke or sewing the bride into her dress or like creating a bustle for her dress because the dress alterations person somehow forgot or finding the drunk groomsman that is out on the terrace that is supposed to be giving a speech. Like I have that moment where I'm like, what do couples do? that don't have someone in this role. Like what, what does the day look like? I, I don't know because I'm typically, my team is in that role, but I often wonder what does it look like when you don't have a planner there that is bringing everything together? Yes. So like the beginning of the wedding planner with JLo and all those <laughs> like little fires are happening with like the drunk dad crying about his his bride before she walks on the aisle and like the groomsmen are getting all drunk and JLo's whipping all these tools out of like her yep, jacket and like stuff. Mary Poppins. That's a real yes. thing. Like our planner had like those travel, like the clear travel size bags that fold together. And like each pocket was like everything from Advil to tide stain remover to threads in case you needed to like sew. And so like when we were on the limo bus to do photos, she just handed me the whole thing and said, we can't be on the bus with you, obviously, but we'll meet you back here. But here's the whole kit. So if you need something, you got it. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great planner. I mean, I think... Over the last decade, I've had a baker be in a car accident and the five-tier wedding cake was absolutely destroyed like six hours before the wedding. But I had a whole new cake there from another company by the time the reception happened and my couple didn't even know about it until after. And those are the things that I think about. Like if you had your friend that you know from college that planned a lot of your sorority events step into your planner role when the cake is destroyed she's not gonna know like several other companies that have the bandwidth and ability to step in and solve that problem or if you have aunt sue that prepares the cake and then it topples over because it's not built for stability for the size cake that it is like these are this goes back to obviously i feel passionate about this leah but this goes back to all the reasons why if you want to elope and have a wedding for just you and your significant other absolutely do that. If you want to have a small wedding in your backyard for 15 people, I am fully on board with that. If you want to have a large-scale event for 150 people and you have a vision, then you need to make sure that you have a professional team that can support that. And a planner is definitely not a luxury item on your budget line item that should be taken off. I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. What is tip number three? Okay, so tip number three is that no matter how hard you try, 
you will not be able to make everyone happy. So your priority needs to be on you and your significant other and making sure that the event is reflective of the two of you and the things that are most important to you. And then I want you to think inside that circle of influence or circle of trust of those people that should have a say or an opinion. So that might be parents that are financially contributing or friends and family that are supporting you for the right reasons and understand the goals that you have for your wedding. But that's where it stops is uh, make sure that you are making it about you and your significant other. And I typically recommend that one of the first things you need to do when you get engaged is grab a bottle of something. It can be a (laughs) bottle of wine. It can be a bottle of vodka. It can be whatever you want to be in that bottle. It can be water if that's your thing. But sit down, just the two of you, and ask each other this question. What, when you picture our wedding day together, what are like, what do you see? What is most important to you? What would make it amazing? And then what are the things that kind of make your skin crawl and is exactly what you don't want for the wedding? And see if you both can prioritize that into three like super, super important and then three not super important. Write that down and make sure that as you're going through the wedding planning process, whether it's two months or whether it's at this point three years if you're a postponement pandemic couple, but make sure that your priorities are always factored into decisions so that when you start getting opinions from your coworker or from your third cousin or from your mother-in-law, future mother-in-law who is not financially contributing and who is like a toxic person in your life, you both remember what the priorities are for the wedding. So in summary, you're not going to make everyone happy. It's about the two of you. I do think that if it comes to like parents that are financially contributing, they should have some sort of say. And maybe it's in something that is not super important to you, but you can give them a little bit of like decision making there. I often see like a really good example of that would be when I got married stationery was not important to me. So paper products and the thickness of the paper or the curve of the M in Megan, like those things did not matter to me at all, but it was important to my mom. She's from the South. She's very traditional. And she felt like that was the first impression for guests was the invitation and save the dates. And it didn't matter to me. So I delegated that to her and let that be her thing. And it worked out really well. I love that. You know, My husband and I kind of did that. We sat down and said, okay, what's the most important? What's not important? And we also kind of came up with like our top three like names to keep it a theme for the wedding too. So like when trying to do anything, like we knew we wanted industrial, industrial, whimsical, and like relax or something. It was something like that. And that kind of kept everything organized in our head too. Like, does this fit the mold? Mm -hmm. But we knew off the rip, like we do not want to do the garter toss and the bouquet toss. We didn't want to do the money dance. Like a lot of the like, yeah quote-unquote traditional things, like, we weren't doing that. Right. And we were like, we're sticking to our guns on this no matter what family and friends say. And something I was pretty stern about was my husband and I kept everything pretty much to ourselves of what the plans were. Like, my mom was in on a lot of it and my matron of honor, but we weren't telling people what, like, the cake was going to look like 
our colors. <laughs> like we weren't mm-hmm. giving anything away because I didn't want people to have a certain thing in their head once they got there. Like already having the expectations or like trying to push their expectations on us and like, oh, why are you having that color? Oh, why are you doing this thing? And it's like, if you don't tell them, <laughs> then you you get a little less feedback. <laughs> and people are trying yeah. to find out. People are going to ask you. They're going to, you know, why are you going to do this? Are you not going to do this? And it's going to be a year call if you tell them or not. But I think that also opens the door for people to be critical and be like, well, you really should do the garter toss because it's been tradition forever. Or You know what I mean? I know. Yeah. It's like, what do they say? It's like weddings and babies. Everyone's going to have an opinion. So if you're planning a wedding or you're having a baby, so someone's going to have something to tell you about it. And weddings and funerals bring out the worst in families. Oh my gosh. That is so true. I joke. It's funny that you mentioned J-Lo because my husband for years was like, hey, you need to write a book. You have the craziest stories, like just crazy. Like if if you need a good party story, I've got you covered. (laughs) But I told him, I was like, no, I can't when I, I can't because I would, I'm still in business and I still am working with clients, but my retirement plan is it's a book and I'm going to call it just like JLo tales from a real wedding planner. And it'll be all the things like all the craziness. I love that. (laughs) Yes. So I started a podcast instead. (laughs) And it's awesome. It's perfect. Yes. Thanks. So with that, what is tip number four? Yeah. Tip number four is when you are selecting your vendors and you're trying to figure out like, okay, who do we want for photography? Who do we want for flowers, for cake? Be really clear and upfront about your expectations of your vendor team and then have a conversation, of course, before hiring them. But once you've made a decision and you have signed a contract with a vendor, the way that you are going to get the most value and the very best experience from your vendor team is to trust them, unless you've been given a reason not to, to do their job and not micromanage them through the process. And I say that because I know that planning a wedding can be overwhelming and it can be scary and there's a lot of moving parts and there are certain personality types that think that the best way to manage it is to be like extra super involved and ask a lot of questions and I think that there if you are communicating that with your vendor team on the front end like hey I'm pretty type a I'm really into spreadsheets and I'm really I would love in our relationship if we could plan to check in once a week or I send a lot of emails. Is that okay? Like just sharing that information on the front end is going to create a really great relationship with these wedding pros from the start because they're going to know like, this is who you are. This is great. I align well with this. Let's do this. But I think something that we as wedding pros have a hard time communicating to couples is you're not our only couple. We want you to feel that way. Like we absolutely want you to feel that you are our one and only. But when your wedding is 16 months from now, for us to be so intricately involved in knowing some of like the family drama or details going on, there's kind of a time and place for that. And that can be hard to say as a wedding pro to a client in a really respectful and kind way. So I thought this would be a great way to share that with couples is 
If you communicate your expectations at the front end of booking a vendor, you're golden. But it's when the anxiety and nerves and a little bit of like the extra comes out. Um, You want that control because you're losing it. Right. Yeah. And I think I know from my own standpoint as a planner, no matter what, I am always going to deliver what is contracted. So if I am contracted to plan your wedding in a full service capacity, I will I will absolutely deliver on that. But when a client trusts me and there is that just really wonderful relationship where they know that I've got their back, nothing is going to fall through the cracks, I just really am working to go above and beyond because my goal is to exceed their expectations. But when I have a client that is like questioning everything and analyzing everything and micromanaging the process and taking my my spreadsheet that I've used to track their budget you know, for the last year and reorganizing it and just making me feel that like I'm not meeting, exceeding their expectations and there's no possible way that I can. Then I go into the mindset of like, I will do what I'm contracted to do, but I am no longer working to go above and beyond. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. And I I don't blame you. Because <laughs> like, then you feel like, they don't trust you and... Right. It's kind of like a boss. Like if you're in a position and you're hustling and you're trying to do your very best work, but yet for your boss, like they're constantly checking behind you or they are making you do double the work to get a task done or they're reaching out. They've asked you to communicate with someone else on the team, but then they also do it. And it just gets, it gets really confusing and frustrating and you kind of get to a place where you're just doing what you're contracted for. And I think that that's not just from a wedding planner standpoint, like that goes across the board. A good example of this would be if you hire a photographer and they say to you, you can expect to get your engagement photos within two weeks of our engagement session. And here's how these photos will be delivered to you. And then you are emailing them every day after the engagement session, like, hey, is there any chance I could get them earlier? When am I going to get it? That's where the photographer starts to feel like, dang, this is this is a time suck, and I just am having trouble meeting this client's expectations. So communicate clearly on the front end, and you'll be in a good spot. What is our fifth and final tip? Okay, so this one, I'm still, honestly, as I'm saying this, I'm still kind of torn with which one to go, because I really had a hard time <laughs> narrowing it down. So I might do a little bonus one. My final tip for those of you that are currently engaged and planning a wedding is going to be remember that it is about the marriage. So the wedding is the kickoff to the rest of your lives together. But oftentimes we as wedding pros see that the couple has gotten so caught up in just the uh, logistics or the show of the day that they have forgotten that it truly, it really is. Like it is about your marriage. It is not about outdoing your best friend's wedding or showing off for your coworkers. It is about the celebration of love between the two of you. That's tip number five. Can I give a bonus one? Yeah, go for it. Okay, I couldn't help myself. Time back to working with your vendor team. One final thought that I would share with couples that we as wedding pros would love for you to know is that We are human. We have families. We have lives outside of the wedding industry. So remember that just like you would want for someone to remember that for you as well. There's office hours. There's ways to communicate. And 
just loving on your vendor team and allowing us to do that back to you and serve you for your wedding day is what makes for a really just wonderful wedding experience for your wedding. Those were all incredibly important and amazing tips. And I thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is a really fun conversation. I actually pulled a bunch of wedding pros. So I have a community of vendors and I posted in there and I was like, tell me, what are the things that you would want couples to know? Here are some of my things. And then I married that. See what I did there? I married that <laughs> with... Um, <laughs> I married that with the tips that were shared within the group. So this is a compilation of advice from tons of wedding vendors that really want to show up and support you in planning your wedding and making it so that it's not overwhelming and stressful, but more just memorable and stress-free. Well, I have one final question for you, and that is, no matter if it's the ceremony or the reception, what is your favorite part of a wedding? Oh, I love this question. For me, I think it is, as a general, it's the quiet moments with my couple that most people don't get to see. So, for example, it would be like the when the bride is about to walk down the aisle and I'm standing back there with her and often her dad and I'm fluffing her dress it's just those nerves and the excitement that comes along with it, like getting that moment. I see it sometimes with the couple right before they're introduced into their reception. But I'd say from a personal standpoint and a little bit of a selfish moment, it is at the very end of the night, we've gotten to where we're doing the send off for the couple. Might be sparklers, might be bubbles, whatever it is. But I'm sending them off to the rest of their lives. And it's that hug. It is that hug from the couple and what you said of with your own planner, Leah, where you said like, this was the best money spent. It is often that remark of like, oh my gosh, we could not have done this without you. Or like, thank you for making this the best day of our entire lives. Or we just can't believe that it's over. It went by so fast and it was so much fun. I love it. That to me is what makes the long hours and the long days 100% worth it. Oh, that is wonderful. That gets me a little choked up, actually, a little bit. <laughs> you got me oh. a little verklempt. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, how can we get more information on you and your company and your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So my planning company in North Carolina is called Southern Soiree. And if you're interested in the behind-the-scenes look at the wedding industry, you can check out my podcast, which is called Weddings for Real. And you can find me online on Instagram at Weddings for Real or at a Southern Soiree. Thank you so much for everything, Megan. It was so wonderful talking to you. Leah, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Weddings Unveiled. Make sure you follow the show on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode and follow Weddings Unveiled on social media. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to executive producers David Moss and Gerardo Orlando, production director Bridget Coyne, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. Don't forget to enjoy the journey. <laughs>